Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with award-winning voiceover artist, actress, writer, and puppeteer, Carrie Grayson Horn. Carrie is a multifaceted artist, and we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to dive right in. Welcome, Carrie. Oh, hi. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I really appreciate that. I'm so excited to talk with you. (laughs) So we're just going to start at the beginning, because I know that you have, as we all do as artists, a story of what brought you to being an artist. Of course. I was was born at a very early age. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) <laughs> so so what started your path like in in your childhood to being an artist? Well, I was lucky enough to be born into a broadcasting family. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad was a broadcaster. My uncles are broadcaster. You know, I have just a lot of theater. My grandmother was an actress. It's just all this different type of things that just conglomerated in together. So I was... I was used to being in radio stations. Mm-hmm. I was used to being in television. And just seeing that happening and seeing just the, the I loved the backstage part of it. I loved the onstage part of it. And so as I grew up in, and got into school and all that sort of thing, and I discovered discovered theater, discovered band, I just, it kind of fit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be a, a rocket scientist or a chemist or anything like that. But I got into those things and they just something clicked and I knew this is what I want to do. And and dad also dad was dad is Walt Grayson. Hi. So <laughs> dad also had to as a radio DJ back in the 80s, he was responsible for writing some of the spots that they had from from sponsors and things like that. So he had to write a spot for Gafers. If y'all remember I Gafers. I remember Gafers. Yeah. <laughs> so they had a, a children's swims swimwear sale going on and he's like man i need like some kind of kid to do the kid's voice in this commercial where do i have a kid and he's like oh you come here carrie and he sat me down in front of the microphone and he handed me the script and he said these are the lines you have to read and i was like okay and so just just reading the script and then hearing the spot back later on the air i was like this is fun. I like, and I didn't have to get dressed up or anything. I didn't have to fix my hair or anything. I just did the spot, and and it was a lot of fun. So, that was my first taste of doing voiceover and being in front of a microphone, and I just I fell in love. Wow, that's so cool. So you grew up here in Jackson, is that right? I did. Forgot to ask yeah. you that part. Yep, I am a native Mississippian, and I think I'm like the sixth generation Mississippian oh, wow. in my family. So. Yeah, we, we've been here a while. <laughs> so your first kind of venture into into all of this was a radio commercial. So what happened after that? How did you chase that rabbit? Well, uh, chasing chasing that rabbit came a little bit later on. Uh, beginning beginning around that time, though, I did in you know I did church plays mm. and that type of thing, and did school plays in high school. After I got out 
of of college, that's when I kind of while I was in college, I was like, I want to be a theater major because I want to be a voice for cartoons. Mm-hmm. That's something I want to be. Um, and so that was one thing that I wanted to try to try to do. So I studied dialects, studied all these different types of things, watched cartoons because that's important. <laughs> Obviously. And and just started creating voices on my own, started listening to other people and how they did voices and just trying to to learn that way. But also just the teaching that I got from from a USM from Heinz Community College, my professors that mm-hmm. I had growing up always encouraging me and just seeing all the work that everybody else was doing was just kind of a, a buoyancy type of thing. Just lifted me up and was mm. made me want to want to do better and want to make everyone, you know, really happy about what was going on, what was what was happening. So it just it was the it was the theater that I was able to see I can do this on I can do voiceover on my own. This is a theater mm. I can create just by myself. I don't have to have a whole lot of other people, but I still love the community of theater and what you get from that. Mm. So it was just a little bit of the feeding off of creativity and feeding off of being able to create is what mm. I loved. Do you have a, a memory of one of your first onstage performances? Uh, I do actually it was um gosh if y'all even remember Lottie Moon Christmas offerings oh yeah uh I was at Timberlawn Baptist Church I had to be about seven and I was dressed up in a very tight-fitting sari like a person from India would wear and so I had this very tight-fitting sari and I was trying you know and it was my turn to get up on the stage little Carrie tiny Mm. Carrie wrapped in a really tight sorry and I'm trying to get up the stairs and there's no way somebody from the congregation had to pick me up and put me on top of the stage and then I could say my lines. That one sticks with me so (laughs) and I still stayed with it. (laughs) Oh wow. I do remember Lottie Moon. Yeah it was fun. It was fun. I, you know, and you also mentioned cartoons, and I actually I read an article about you in the the Jackson Free Press, and talking about how much you loved cartoons, and practicing the voices you heard on cartoons. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that, was, that was something that I really enjoyed doing in um, in elementary school. Hmm. That was back when <laughs> I would watch. TV. This was before the days of VCRs, so if you can remember back that far, there was no way to record your things. So what I did, I had a tape recorder, one of those big, huge black and silver boxes that you press play and record, and I would hold it up to the speaker of the television set whenever the Smurfs were on or the or the Snorks or the Gummy Bears or something, and then I would play those back because I really enjoyed the voices, and I started to put two and two together, and I'm like, wait a second. This guy, this this lady who's doing the voice for um, for this Smurf also sounds like Grammy Gummy over here, who also sounds like the old witch on the Bugs Bunny commercials. Oh, my goodness. Who also sounds like and I was beginning to put it together and I was like, wait, those are people who are doing those voices. It's not the cartoons that are doing the voices themselves. So that's a job. Can I have that job? I would like that job. So that was something. And I would go to school and, and the kids when you get back on on Monday, you know, Monday on the playground, I would just start reenacting the voices from the Smurfs, from the gummy bears, and just start reenacting some of the stuff that I had seen on the cartoon that past weekend. And 
and it seemed to make people smile. So you're like a one woman show on the playground. <laughs> it, was, it was like that a little bit. It was like that a little bit. That's <laughs> so cool. Fun. You must have like the sharpest ear, you know, to really have picked up on that as a kid. It was it was something that it was. I didn't pick it up at first, of yeah. course. And this was before they really had credits on cartoons, mm-hmm. too. So I knew Mel Blanc because his credit was up there. But all the other ones, it was really hard to figure out who was who in pre-internet also. But it was. It was just something about the voices. I was like, wait, that, yeah, I don't know what it was. That's fascinating. <laughs> mm. This is my, my background's in directing. And I, I got to be honest, whenever there's dialects in a script, I get nervous, you know, because it's... I mean, I'm not an actor, so I I am always in awe of the people I work with. But it really, some people just have an ear for it. I've I've found that there's two different ways of learning a dialect. Either if you're a very musical person, Mm -hmm. you can hear it being spoken. You can hear the cadence. You can Mm -hmm. hear the, you know, just the lyricality of it all. And that'll help you to learn. If you're if you don't have a musical ear, you can learn by okay, I know in German they substitute this vowel sound for this vowel sound, so mm. instead of, you know, you know, instead of thank you, it'd be sounding more like thank you, you know, that mm. kind of thing. So there's a way to to do for for non-musical eared persons and there's a way to do it for musical minded people. So, I'm glad you mentioned that about the music because you also mentioned band earlier, which oh, is, yes. that is something, uh, I've been so fascinated by all of the different things you do, and I didn't even know about that one. Oh, yeah. So you're a musician. I was. You were a musician, <laughs> but, so tell us about that, and then I want to talk about maybe how that played into oh, the sure. way you hear things. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, again, grew up in a very musical family, singers, musicians, all that sort of thing, so I, I did. I took up the clarinet, because mm-hmm. um, I saw that... Um, one of the Huxtable kids on the Cosby show played clarinet, and I really wanted to do that. So so I picked up the clarinet, and in uh, junior high, went through junior high band at Northwest Rankin, high school band, went on into college band, and was in there for a semester, but then I discovered theater. Mm. And the band director said, you have to make a choice. And I said, well, it's been lovely knowing you. I wish you all the will- all the luck in the world. I'm going to theater. Bye. <laughs> so That happens that, with theater. Yeah. It takes over. It really when does. You step into it. it really does. There's it's it it, it takes up social life. It mm-hmm. takes up working life. It takes up school time. So yeah, which I don't mind because I enjoy the heck out of it. Oh, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like you you dip your toe into it, and before you know it, you've fallen into this whole. You know, oh, because yeah. I mean, same thing happened to me in college. I was going to minor in theater and major in English, and then where did that oh, English major go? You know, exactly, exactly. Um, but it, 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 because it really is just just its whole world. But um, mm-hmm. with with the music you were talking about, do you think or how do you think that played into the way you hear, you know, the vocal side of things? I really do think it helps out. Uh, again, with Dad working at a radio station all those years too, I was surrounded by that type of music, and um, just being able to pick out different different rhythms, different. Uh, notes and all that sort of thing. I think it does. You're able to pick out how does this sound? What rhythm is it at? And and how does it make up the mm-hmm. whole the whole sonorous 
that sounds like a big word. The whole sound of, of what you're trying to do and how does it fit in with, with other people on stage with you also. Because if my dialect sounds a little bit different than this other person's dialect, we've got to somehow come to a meeting in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we all sound like we're from the from at least the same town, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with voiceover artist Carrie Grayson Horn. So just a curious question I have. When I'm watching television shows, because we're talking about dialects, and you were just talking about how you have to fit into the same world with the people around you, is it hard for you to hear Southern accents when people... I have such a hard time. This is a tangent, I know, but it's so hard. <laughs> it, it is a li- it's a little jarring sometimes, but... Um, uh, yeah, I, it, it is a little bit sometimes. And you can tell almost where the person is originally from right. when you hear them trying to do the Southern accent. And it just makes me go, oh, bless it, their hearts. It almost all defaults to like very fancy, like you're at a Kentucky Derby, like aristocratic or, Southern. Or very much the other way. Or very much other. It's, yeah, there's nothing it's, there's in the nothing middle. In there's nothing that sounds like us. I, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And the funny thing is, even when you work with Southern people, sometimes it gets turned up so much. Oh, true. Oh, it, and that does make a difference. Whoever you're around for a very long mm-hmm. time, your your accent, your dialect will seem to just mm-hmm. flow into whatever they're sounding like. So mm-hmm. it's just a... It's just a meeting of the minds thing. <laughs> I just I just love talking about it. So talking to an expert, I was just curious oh about... <laughs> well, we'll call in the expert. Hang on. Where are they? Hey. Are, they are they next? Good. Yeah. Okay, good. The expert's coming after the okay, break. Good. We are okay, going to take a short oh. break. Uh, you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Leslie Barker, and I'm talking with voice artist and actress Carrie Grayson Horn. is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm talking with voiceover artist and writer and just a multi-talented theater artist, MPB's very own Carrie Grayson Horn. Well, hello. Well, hello. hello. Glad to be back. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. And, you know, I want to jump into kind of talking about... The work, some of the work you've done here at MPB, among, among other things, but you are an Emmy winning oh. artist for your work with Ed. Let's talk about Ed Said first. Tell yes. us about that. Okay. Okay. Ed Said is just, he is a joy to work. Mm-hmm. That project is a joy to work on because of who who he is just as a, as a character, but also the people that I get to work with mm-hmm. on that character. Um, 
Ed said came about in about 2010, and he was actually created by a former employee here called C- named C.J. Burks mm-hmm. and Tywo Gaynor, who's still here, and Scott Caldwell, who used to be here. Those three came together, and they uh, worked on a, a a program that was that came from a North Mississippi school that was moving with fruits and vegetables, and they decided this whole curriculum. They they came out with ten different types of fruits and vegetables that Ed said would sing about. They wrote the music, and then they called me in, and they were like, "Hey, how would you like to be the puppeteer and the voice of this character?" And I went, "Great, L- let me see the character, <laughs> so I can so I can see what kind of voice might come out." So we got the puppet, and I spent a few few like hours in the dressing room just looking in the mirror and trying to figure out what does this guy sound like and so turns out if you want to know the secret of what ed said sounds like he's a he's a mix between bart simpson and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the oh, rankin bass that that's his voice that's who he is so you know it's kind of a little little bit of a smart aleck but he always has a good heart you know that kind of thing so but but I enjoyed it so much, getting in the booth, getting direction from, from CJ and Taiwo and Scott, getting them to, to help me to sing those songs. Well, then we had uh, CJ moved off, so I moved in mm-hmm. to another one of the producer uh, writer positions on the show. And for season two, we had all of us, uh, me, Taiwo, Scott Caldwell, all crafting these new songs mm-hmm. about different types of fruits and vegetables, going out and, and writing some some scene work that might go with those fruits and vegetables, where we had a, a great tomato farmer, yes, named Kevin Farrell, who was amazing. You should go look that up, people. Tomatoes by Ed Said. Anyway, uh, you'll see Kevin I'm Farrell it up. in overalls. It's a great show. But, but just getting to work with all of them and... Because of that, we were nominated for the second season of Ed Said. We were nominated for, I believe, four different uh, regional Emmys for that, and we won three out of the four for that year. And it was just, it was mind blowing. It was a, it was a really fun night to be at the Emmys with all of my my cohorts and co creators, and it was just a wonderful night. By the end of the night, everybody in the room started singing the Ed Said sing- theme song whenever we went up there. So it was, it was a lot of fun. So we're continuing to work on that. We um, we started on one song for Ed Said season three, and we're hoping to do some more. If you know, if you you know, give to your local PBS station, we might be able to fund a season three. <laughs> But I look forward to working with our team because it's really a lot of fun. And there are some creative people here at this station. Man, I just love hearing about that. Just fully Mississippi grown. Mm. And while we're talking about that, how do you think this specific place, like of Mississippi, of MPB, how does that affect the work that you make? I, I really, I really don't know. But I just, uh, I... There's something about Mississippi, and I don't know how to explain it. Um, I've heard that. I've heard Dad try to explain it. He he explains about the Delta how it's all gray and all flat, and so any kind of color has to come from your own imagination. Any kind of flavor has to come from your own imagination, and I think that's been instilled in us in Mississippi just just to know that you have this creative soil that you're near. And something about MPB seems to pull in those type of people, pulls in very creative people, and they know that they have a license. They have an ability to go out. Do you have a crazy idea about putting a purple puppet singing and talking about vegetables and stuff? Okay, try it. Mm-hmm. There's there's that kind of, of 
of attitude and license. And, and if it doesn't work, that's okay. But, you know, the, it's just that kind of fostering of, of talent, fostering of creativity here that I think mm-hmm. just brings it out and, and helps everyone want to be a part of it. So. I think it's so important to be able to walk into a process and say, this might not work, but we're going to try it. Exactly. I literally always say the best things in rehearsal come out of the moments where you're like, this might not work. Mm. So to have that freedom, yeah, you know, in addition to everything else you're talking about, it's just, it's really beautiful. And, and that goes back to voiceover too. You can, you know, you have a pirate. You're supposed to be doing a pirate. So everybody in their, everybody in their mom's going to come in and go, arg, you know, <laughs> but what if you have a pirate that might go, arg, you know, so you come in at it. With another creative way, it may not work. It may book you the job. It may book you the job. It just it all comes down to just give yourself license and try something new you, the, within the law. Within the law. <laughs> remember, we warned remember. you. Yes. So yes. I, you know, as you were talking earlier, you you talked about this a little bit with the first time you looked at, at you know the character and looking in yeah. the mirror and. So when you whether it's the pirate or whatever, how what speaks to you first about oh, yeah. a voice? It's actually it, so when you get when you get a cartoon character when you you're auditioning for a cartoon character a picture will usually come with it. I get a lot from that picture, mm. or a description might come from it, and I go at that like a detective. I mm. look at the picture and I'm like, what is their mouth doing? What are their eyes doing? How are they standing? What kind of what kind of description does it say about them? What description do other people have about this character also? Mm. And just trying to keep all of that in mind and or either looking at a puppet and just saying, what what's he about? What does he what does his face tell me about how he might speak? And and just it's just a trial and error. Mm. You you see the picture and then you you just try to try to emulate how does this person sound what does she sound like when she laughs i don't know so you might try a little laugh to try to jump start things you might try a little just a little sigh i don't know just just a little say some of the words and how does that fit coming out of this this character so you just kind of know when it clicks it's just like one of those moments yeah and and also while you're doing that you have to think can i sustain this particular voice over oh. a season can i sustain this particular voice over what was that 2010 that i started ed said to to 2022 can i sustain that for that long the answer is eh. <laughs> he's gotten a little lower over time but that's okay <laughs> people change puppets people change. change too there you, you know? go so speaking of puppets that is such a like cool specific skill that not a lot of people are really really tra- I mean you know it really does take a lot of training True. tell us a little bit about what it is to be a puppeteer uh what it is to be a puppeteer is is a lot of fun it's a lot of it's a lot of work it is yeah. not something that just comes at you again going back like we were talking about teachers having a great teacher to teach you how does how does this character look on on camera it is it is a very physical mm. type of acting so as an actor on stage you've got your face you've got your costumes and all these people helping you out you know you've got a person maybe doing your makeup mm. you have a director telling you say this line you know you're thinking this you have a costumer you have all sorts of, you have a lighting person you have a sound person and you have your entire body to work with with puppets you've got to put all of that into this little felt and foam thing that's sitting on mm. your arm. You're looking at the a TV screen 
a monitor to kind of see what the puppet looks like in the frame of the picture. And so you're playing director a little bit and you're seeing, am I in the lighting correctly? How's the costume looking just now? It's a lot. And then you got to think about the voice and the character and the motivation and all this sort of stuff. It's a lot of it's difficult, but with great teachers and great mm. people supporting you, it, it's able to be done. Literally supporting you the other day because uh, I was having to do a Christmas spot downstairs with Ed said, and uh, one of the camera guys was like, "Do you want a, a chair behind you to kind of hold you up?" I'm like, "Yes, please." <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes you have literal people helping support you, but um, but yeah, it it's something that does take a lot of practice and a lot of time which is something that, as I like to say, if you're comfortable while you're puppeteering, you are doing it wrong. Oh, wow. It's a, yeah. very, it's a very physical, physical thing. But, but it is. It's, it's, it's putting that character into foam and fur. Uh, voiceover, it's putting that character just into your, into your voice. It, you know, and acting mm. is the whole body. So did that answer your question? It did. Okay, good. <laughs> it did. And I'm curious about how... Or if for you the the that physical movement and the voice tie together, oh yes, yeah, oh totally. Um, especially in puppeteering, you're able to see you know what the character's doing on screen, and that that kind of affects your voice. That that tells you what what you should be doing. In voiceover, you're seeing the script. I'm not just standing stock still behind the microphone. As you, my hands have been waving this whole entire time because that's what I do when I'm behind a microphone. Mm. Your whole body is into it. It's just like you're on stage, even maybe a little bit more heightened than when you're on stage. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's always full body, no matter what you're doing. So. Whether you're doing the voice or the puppet with one hand, mm-hmm. your full body to make that one detail yeah. focused yeah. part. Your full body and in a puppet maybe maybe kind of it may be still, but it's it's still you know your eyes are working, your your face is working all the same time. And the control it takes to have full stillness in the rest of your body is also insane. It's also yes, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's intense. So I do want to make sure we also talk a bit about between the lions okay because that received a national daytime emmy award am i saying that right Mm -hmm. like national daytime emmy award for between the lions and that's um that's let me i I forgot what i was going to say about that okay you talk about that 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 was that was a that was a blessing that honestly was a blessing uh norman styles and chris surf were the creators of between the lions and norman styles was the head writer for between the lions he contacted me he sent me a book called Stone Soup, which is one of my oh, favorite Stone stories. Yeah. yeah. He sent me that book, and then he called me a few days later, and he says, uh, Carrie, Carrie, I need, to, I need to talk to you about that book right here that, you, that I sent you the other day. Yeah. I'm sorry, Norman. You don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but he said, he, he talked me through it. He said, I need for you to create a, a little inset story mm-hmm. in Between the Lions that is based on Stone Soup, mm-hmm. and I want you to use the letter S as much as possible. I was like, okay, okay, sure, sure. So he asked me to to write a short segment in in an episode of Between the Lions, which which is what I did. That ep- that uh, story got put into one of the episodes, and and with a lot of guidance from from Norman Styles. Also, I got a master class in writing scripts from him, just reworking that, and I'm forever grateful for that. And so then. 
the whole season, that whole season of Between the Lions, won a National Emmy for writing. So cool. And so I, little Carrie from Mississippi, got to be a part of the whole writing crew for that season. And so I'm I'm one of the ones that got a, got a National Emmy for That's that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of earlier when I yeah. lost my train. All I could think was MPB, but that was the National PBS. Yeah, that was production. a yeah, that was a WGBH production <laughs> filmed here, and so yeah, That's so cool, so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we also have to dive a bit into the onstage work that you do. Okay. So we'll just we'll touch on this a little bit because I know we have to take a break very soon. Okay. <laughs> so you know what? Let's just go ahead. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna get on stage okay. in front of people. So you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker. I'm talking with the multi-talented performer Carrie Grayson Horn. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You are listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with voiceover artist and actress Carrie Grayson Horn. So we've been talking a lot today with Carrie about her puppetry and her voice work and, you know, things on film, things in the booth. But we're also going to talk about the live stage stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. Which you studied in yeah. college. Is that correct? So tell us a little bit about studying theater. Oh, yeah. So uh, like I said, I, w- I was at Heinz uh, Community College. And I got there on a band scholarship. I was drum major, all that sort of good stuff. And then I discovered theater. Uh, uh, so Denise Hallback was awesome, still is. Uh, and so I got in a play, but there was also it was it was football season. So we also had to go and do uh, football games and do the halftime show. And I really wanted to be in this play that she was casting. I really wanted to be in it. And she says, Carrie, you have to make a choice. Are you going to do theater or are you going to do band? I said, well, band is paying me money, so I have to finish out this semester of band, but then I'm all yours. (laughs) So I did. I finished out the semester of band, and then I was theater the whole way. Changed my major and just said, nope, theater's it. This is it. And so from there, I I studied theater at Heinz, went on to University of Southern Mississippi in my uh, sophomore and senior year. I did uh, the Southern Arena Theater, which Mm -hmm. is their kind of their summer stock theater at Southern I got to do that for two two years, and then it was just sky's the limit. I just wanted to go out and do. This is what I wanted to do: is to do theater. But you know, also had to make a living in Mississippi, so which you have, <laughs> which I have, luckily, and it's it, so cool. And it's it is difficult for an artist to make a living in Mississippi, it which is. is so glad I've landed where I've landed at MPB. Um, 
tried a stint in retail and that didn't work. So I'm here now. And I do, that gives me the freedom to now go and do things at New Stage Theater and, and just have a wonderful time working with all of the people, all of the creative people there. It's so, it's so great. It's just a great mm. big community, like you know. Oh, absolutely. What are some of, or do you have some maybe favorite stage moments? Let's go recently. Okay. Recent stage yeah. moments, because oh, yeah. I know there's so many that well, you really loved at New Stage. Yeah. The last, the last thing I was in was back in March. Mm. Uh, was the uh, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. One of the most fun characters I've ever gotten to play, and of course I can't remember her name right now because that's just how I am. But anyway, I got to play the older lady, and it was just so fun working. That whole entire play was just like, as soon as you start the play, it's like on a. It's on these moving tracks, and just you have to know exactly where and when to be. That was a lot of fun to be. And then uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. Talk about dialects. That was a lot of fun. We had British, Irish, New York, German, you know, everything. I think I was, uh, we had Belgian, everything. And so that was a lot of fun to to be able to be in that, and also got to help with the dialect. I was going to say, surely you were like a coach on I that. Was, I, I helped. A lot of them already came in. Those people are professionals, so a lot of them already came in knowing. So I was just there to be like, "Yeah, you're doing great." <laughs> and that was that was all I had to do. But uh, but just to be able to work with people and teach them mm. dialects too was uh, a lot of fun. And just being in Christmas plays too, we got to do the. Uh, the Christmas Story, the musical, A Christmas Story, the musical, that was so much fun just to be able to play an ensemble player and to be able to help move scenery and to, you know, make sure that all the kids' props are in the right place and make sure all the kids are in the right place and all that sort of good stuff. Um, it's just every play I'm in is always a joy. Um, I actually got to puppeteer in A Christmas Story, the musical, too. I got to play the Bumpus Dogs Tales. Oh, that's awesome. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Because what is Christmas without that story? I mean, we got to have Ralphie. You got to have Ralphie. You got to have the dogs. You got to have the you got to have the boiler the back in the... Yeah. You got to have all of it. All so. of it. You know, something that... I've loved in every segment of this conversation and in the breaks is how much you talk about the ensemble of it all. Mm, yes. And I, it seems just to be such a part of who you are. And I believe of every good, you know, artist in theater. So let's talk a little bit about the different types of ensemble you work with. Totally. Um, first off, none of this stuff that I have, have done, none of this, the accolades I've been given has been given to me. It's been given to a group of people that I just happen to be a part of. Um, any blessing that I have received has been because someone has, has seen fit to, to, to help me, seen fit to teach me, been in the right place at the right time around the right people, and just surround yourself with good people and you'll, you'll have good things is what I've found to happen. Um, different types of ensemble. There's, uh, when I'm in the booth, Sometimes, sometimes you're by yourself. Mm. So it, you're the ensemble. I'm not crazy, I promise. But sometimes <laughs> I'm in a padded room and I'm talking to myself in different voices. And, you know, that's where they say I, should, I ought to be. But, um, but also, I love it when I get to work with directors, mm. when, when it's their project that I'm just a small part of. And they're able to direct me over, you know, over the headphones or, or, or Skyping them in or some kind of Zoom session. 
and they're able to direct me and that's then it's just a, a back and forth there that's the great ensemble that i have there and then it's them putting together the animation and the sound and the the words and the scripts and all that sort of great stuff to make a huge awesome project then when you have things like theater then you are you're you're on stage who built the sets? It's the set designer, set builders. Who who painted them? Who who gave you all the props? It's the props person, who who lit you so people can actually see you. It's the lighting guy. You know, who directed you? It's the the great director who had a vision for all of this, who's like helping you on stage at the all the time. It's your fellow actors. Um, you know, who's creating this? It's the audience, because mm. if the audience isn't there, it's just a rehearsal. So. <laughs> It's it's everybody working in concert together to make a play happen. And that's what I just feel so grateful to be a part of, just to be a, a small little part. Then when you're doing like television, when you're when you're doing television, sometimes I get to do the um, on air stuff here at MPB. Sure, I'm I'm standing there. I'm the one saying the words, but I didn't write them. There's mm. a teleprompter. There's Glenroy who's making the teleprompter work. There's the camera guys who are aiming the cameras at me. There's there's the lighting guy who's making the lighting mm. happen. And the box that I'm standing on, you know, that somebody brought that in for me to stand on cuz I'm not as tall as Bill Ellison. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> so, it's just I love that it's just it's it's never just me. It has never been just me, and it will never be just me. And and I'm not done. That's the mm. thing. I'm I'm continuing to grow. I'm continuing to learn because the time you the time when you stop learning is the time they should be lowering you into the ground. Is what I think. You know, mm. when you're about to be six foot under, that's when you can stop learning. But until then, you've still got time. You've still got you've still got people you can learn from. You've still got projects you can work on. And I just I want to do as much as I can and learn as much as I can for as long as I can, really. I love that, and I totally agree with that. You mentioned that you're you're always taking classes, you're looking to learn. Mm-hmm. How do you approach your continued learning? Like, how do you look for opportunities, yeah. or what? You know, how do you find that? A lot of people. Um, a lot of times, I I find voiceover actors out there that I really admire, mm. and I'll approach them and I'll be like, "You, I really admire your work." Can you tell me who who do you learn from? Where did you do you teach or who do you learn from? So I've found a lot of good coaches that way, a lot of good classes or else I've heard other people say, "Man, this class has taught me so much." And I'll be like, "Great." And I'll look and see when is the next class available and I will sign myself up, you know, and be like, "Put me on a waiting list or be ready to hit the button to to take that class." I look for for things around here, you know, um Who's giving workshops in Mississippi? Mississippi Arts Commission has a great um, the arts arts things that y'all do. Mm. There are some great workshops that y'all give that we're able to to go and be a part of. So there's some great learning there. I'm glad that you mentioned that um, for a couple of reasons. We do have an arts conference, which you have been part of with the Royal Y'all, which we will talk about also. But we also offer grants for this type of training. And I don't want anybody to miss a money opportunity for some artist training. So go go to our website, arts.ms.gov. We have many grants twice a year, and you can apply to get professional development or training, go to workshops. So the type of thing that Carrie's talking about 
if, if you want to do that, we want to help you. So come, awesome. go check hey, that out. Guys, free money. Free money for free classes. <laughs> you too, Carrie. Oh, me too. Yeah. Okay, okay. Check us out. Cool. Check us out. I will check it out. Um, I'm writing it down now. Because I just, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to help artists. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so so I love that, that we touched on that. Um, I also, because we talked about the conference a little bit and the Royal Y'all Royal y'all is kind of hard to say sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's so fun. I yeah. love it. Tell us, tell us about it. So uh, the Royal Y'all is uh, an improv group here in Jackson that was started back in 2018, I believe. Um, and we got to go around the whole state. We got to perform mostly here in Jackson, but we did get to go up to Tupelo and down to over to Meridian and also Vicksburg, all sorts of good places. And what we do is we just put on a good show. It's like a good two-hour show. We've got one coming up in February at uh, Beth Israel Temple. We've got one coming up in April at uh, Pace Setter Gallery in Flowood. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, But it, it just got started as a, a group of people. Actually, a person here at MPB said... We need an improv group. And I'm like, okay, let's make an improv group. So we did. And, and that's where they came from. But now it has grown because we have so many, like you say, on like like everything else, it's a great ensemble. It's a great really group is. of people. They're much funnier than I am, I promise you. So these people, they have some great skills too. One of our one of our people is a great workshop presenter, creating workshops. And that's something that we've been able to do is go out and teach teachers how to teach better, teach uh, business people how to connect with their employees and coworkers better through improv. And that's one thing that I absolutely, that's one thing we're going to be able to do in January that I'm absolutely so excited about is we're going to be able to, it's like a whole day. We're going to do mini performances for kids and then we're going to stay behind and actually talk to the teachers about how they can use improv to teach their lessons to the kids or, you know, just engage with the children better and engage with parents also so we we call you guys all the time to do things like for the arts culture for old schools for every conference we have you know because it is the skills that you use in that work are so universal it's it's true and and when I was first, when they were like, hey, we could do workshops about this. I'm like, what? And make people laugh? Like, no, you don't understand. And and I had I had to be explained. Uh, you know, someone explained it to me. But then it does. It just makes so much sense in your everyday life. Like like just uh, one of our one of our steps that we have is is step up and step mm-hmm. back. If you see that you're the one who's kind of taking over the conversation, you're the one who's taking over the meeting or you're the one taking over the whole, you know, whatever's going on. Take note of that, and you might step back and let someone else take over the conversation for a little while or, you know, le- make another point in the meeting or or tell another story. You know, step back a little bit. Or if you see that you have been stepped back for a long period of time, you might step forward and then, you know, mm-hmm. offer a good anecdote or, you know, some kind of point in a meeting or in a in a class type situation. That's just one. And there's like eight of them. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know, the whole idea of yes and, mm-hmm. which we had you guys do a whole workshop about is, we you talk a little bit about that for people oh, sure, who sure. may not know improv? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, so improvisation is basically what I love the most because you don't have to memorize anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You walk up on stage and you have no idea what is going to happen. Improv is where uh, eight people get together 
and we're standing in front of a, an audience and we get suggestions from the audience like tell us where we might be at this point in time and so they'll say someplace like you're on mars and so okay yes and we're on mars we are on mars and we are searching for uh martian marshmallows right now so <laughs> it's that yes and you can't say no i don't want to be on mars let's try someplace else like disney world no that's not how you do it because that just <laughs> That kills everything. So, yes, you're on Mars and you're searching for Martian marshmallows. Then you take that and you keep on yes-anding it. It's like, yes, we're looking for marshmallows and we're going to make s'mores. You know, you go from there and you just try to figure out how to keep on plussing it. And that's what improv is about, taking a situation and just accepting it and making and, and adding to it and adding, adding more to it. So. Which really does translate so well into any kind of meeting. Yeah. You know, not shutting people down, but saying, okay, yeah. yes, and? You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that is a great proposal for a television show and, you know, let's let's look at doing it, you know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been thinking through this whole conversation, wonder what your favorite thing is. Now, you did say just now that you loved improv because you don't have to memorize anything. That is so true. Is it is? <laughs> Im, what is my favorite thing? Uh, and, and maybe you can't pick a favorite and that's okay. And I know. But the thing is, it's all acting. Mm -hmm. It's all acting. Puppeteering, voiceover, uh, improv. On stage, it's all it's all just acting. It's all connecting with others, which sometimes as an introvert, I don't really care to. But, you know, mm. but but it's some it's just a connection with others. It's telling stories and it is just trying to bring enjoyment, whether it's laughter, whether it's tears, just some kind of connection and enjoyment from other people. Mm. I think that's what my favorite part of it is. Wow. Thanks for this therapy session. I appreciate this. <laughs> well, since we're talking about, like, the heavier side of things, yeah, just yeah. curious, how did you, because I feel like this is something you could easily do during COVID, mm. how did you keep oh, working during COVID with that, this? And that was, there was a moment in time that, and I was, I was just like, nope, we're just going to stay in the house. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to talk to anybody. This is it. Nope. No, nope, me nope. too. Yeah. yeah. I think I think all of us went through a, at least a stage of that. But, um. Actually, what, what I did is with my improv group, we started doing online virtual shows. We did some virtual shows for, for different companies around the state and um, even online with the Mississippi Arts Commission, with, uh, with Mississippi Theater Association. Mm -hmm. We did uh, online v uh, improv games that way. But just being able to, to get out and still connect with people was another way. Um, New Stage Theater had a little get-together where we'd all like just have just meet together and just say howdy virtually mm. you know and it was just a great way to stay connected is what it was i just i i thought of that because everything you've talked about has been about connecting yeah and i have had a wonderful time connecting with you today and we're out of time oh no which makes me so sad <laughs> and i just want to thank you carrie for being here today it leslie, was such a thank, wonderful conversation thank you too thank you leslie because i have had fun i've had fun connecting with you today absolutely hey. and to our audience Thank you for listening, and remember to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. 
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.